Anthony Richardson, one of the huge winners of the NFL scouting combine, but who are the rest of the winners and losers who helped and hurt their stock the most from the 2023 scouting combine on the offensive side of the ball on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks again, everybody, for making us your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you check out Locked On NFL Draft, and your team is covered with a show every single day. Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's what we do, Matt. We come at you every single day <laughs> in the offseason. Let's get back into the scouting combine, offensive side of the ball. Yesterday, we already talked a lot about the quarterbacks, especially those first-round quarterbacks, and went a little bit more in-depth with their workouts. And if they helped or hurt their stock, I think the overall theme of the first-round guys, the top four quarterbacks, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, None of them hurt their stock, and if anything, only helped their stock, but nobody helped their stock more probably than Anthony Richardson, huge winner of the entire combine. I felt like young held serve was fine. Yeah. The other two took a step forward. Good to see them, see the ball come out of their hands, clearly better than the non-top four quarterbacks. So they all went forward, and then Richardson took two giant steps forward. You know what I mean? So right. uh, it's just kind of the way it works. Looking at the rest of the quarterback class here, uh, I, I think a big winner was Stetson Bennett because I, I didn't really know where to place Stetson Bennett in the draft. And I still don't really, but I think I'm more confident he's going to be drafted because I thought at first and he had some, you know, uh, public intoxication after the national championship win. And, you know, he's 5'11", 192. That's not good. Shortest arms, I think, of the entire combine, maybe 28 and three quarter inch arm length, which is very short. So he's a stubby, mm-hmm. small outlier of a quarterback size wise. Despite all of the, you know, and he's an older prospect too. So I thought, you know, people know his name because he was on national championship teams, but I thought there was a chance he was going to get go undrafted. I think he definitely gets drafted now. And I think two reasons why one is because he threw the ball with a little bit more zip than I expected. I think he hit the 60 mile per hour mark too, throwing the football at the combine. And that's inexact. And to be honest with you, Matt, I don't know if you can, if you have any insight on this, how do they track that? Is because I don't see a drill where they're throwing it as hard as they can, but yeah. people are, are quoting the miles per hour readings as if they're gospels. Like this guy's got a stronger arm than I thought. He hit this number, but Will Levis only hit sixty-two miles an hour. I was like, I, I, I don't think that's if they're just taking miles per hour off of their regular throws. I don't think you can look too much into that because there were times when Stetson Bennett, you could tell, was trying to throw it hard. Some of those slants. He's like, I want to show that I can throw the ball hard. Um, but he did, you know, so he maybe a little bit more arm than I expected. Big hands, which is key. Uh, and then he threw down a four, six, seven. He was he was moving pretty good on his 40 yard dash time. So a little bit athletic and a, an NFL, you know, backup quality arm. I think Stetson Bennett might find a place in the NFL after all. I thought he might have been an undrafted guy going into the combine. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's even a fifth round neighborhood and I'm sure the Purdy's of the world are helping his cause. And at a minimum, I think he's like a McCarron who won a ton of games at Alabama, you know, and he wasn't always the, the engine behind it. Mm-hmm. Real quick on the RP or on the uh, mile per hour thing, though, I don't know if they have a gun on all their throws, but they showed it real quickly. There's just a little area one on one where there's this huge pad and they basically just tell the guy to throw it as hard as he can. And the guy sits there with the radar gun like he's a pitcher. 
Okay. I I missed that. Okay. So they do have real quick speed up speed pitch like you're at the carnival, right? Okay. Okay. Throw your fastballs, but I mean, okay, that's great, but I mean, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me either. But you're you're right about Bennett. I mean, he's not just an afterthought now. I'm I'm sure people look at him and say, could he be Jimmy G? Uh, I don't know about that, but I bet he could be a long term backup. And I trust him. And in a league where backups are seeing a lot of time, maybe I'm taking him around earlier than I would have. Another winner, I think, was Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA. And mm-hmm. he was a big time recruit out of high school and kind of never really put it together as a as a passer. And I was kind of underwhelmed when I watch his quarterback play. He's six one and a half, two oh three. Uh, but he ran a four five six, really good ten yard split, one five one, which tied for the best in the in the class, even faster than Anthony Richardson, who threw down a four four three forty. Uh just you know, really athletic guy. And I think if you're looking for a backup quarterback and you already have an athletic starter and you want a guy that you can develop behind him, I think that's a nice fit for Dorian Thompson Robinson. And really with all of these quarterbacks, I have no idea what the order of these guys is going to be after the top four guys or he, who even number five is there's, uh, there's a massive drop off after the top four, but who's number five could be Bennett could be Dorian Thompson Robinson. I don't know. Could be Tanner McKee could be, uh, Malik Cunningham, who threw down a, a four five three forty time as well. So um, some athletes in this class. Yeah, there are. I mean, my hunch is Hendon Hooker or McKee are fighting for five and six. And then there's maybe a gap after those guys. Hooker's really interesting to me. He's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. But like a Thompson Robinson, I think, made money at this event without question. I mean, a, a perfect backup for like a Lamar Jackson or somebody like that or many fits at this point or Eagles move on from Minshew, grab him. I mean, I, that makes all the sense in the world for me. Um, I still think Hayner has a little bit of, you know, things going for him. I, and I, I kind of like Tyson Badgett as well. I mean, I kind of, again, these are down the line dudes, but uh, Jaron Hall's another one from BYU, I think is you know, in the mix too. So a couple athletic guys, there's a couple smaller dudes that have had some success. So this, the second or the third you know, part of this, the, the tier three guys aren't as bad as you think. I like Jake Hayner a lot. I, in yeah, fact, yeah, I like yeah. him more than uh, I, I like him quite a bit more actually uh, than Stetson Bennett. Dude, he's a little yeah. bigger. Uh, I think he's got just as good of an arm, and you know he's a playmaker. But he went to Fresno State, and Stetson Bennett went to Georgia. So I think that's <laughs> right, right. You know, you might get a nice little backup quarterback late in the draft if you're and Jake Hayner. A lot of old quarterbacks too because of the oh, COVID yeah. season and the super super duper seniors and Bennett and Hayner and and uh, Hooker, and they're all like older than guys that were drafted at quarterback in 2021, you know, so it's, it's kind of, it's hard to know how teams are going to stack those guys up. Yeah, that's a good point. There's definitely old prospects across the board, but especially a quarterback in this class. We had some blazers at running back Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama, five, nine, one He ran a four, three, six, 40. Uh, some people are actually even somewhat disappointed in Bijan Robinson's 40 time, even though he had a four, four, six, which is really, fa- I think people forget how fast like a four five <laughs> right. is in the NFL, right? Like that's crazy speed. When you're well over 200 pounds and you know, a big powerful human being, it's fine. I, I mean, 40 times for running backs are vastly overrated, but a couple of these smaller dudes, I mean, I thought it was really good for Gibbs. I think he's clearly RB two and most years he'd be RB one. Uh, a chain didn't disappoint with the four, three, two. I thought Chase Brown from Illinois had a, a good showing as the Keaton Mitchell's. Those are some risers. Interesting class though. I mean, like you kind of mentioned B. John Robinson, like Jack, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA ran a four, five, three, 
That's perfect. I mean, to me, that's like a souped up James Conner. It's six foot, 214 pounds, well-built, has shown every down capabilities. He's going to get the football a lot, and he's going to produce no matter where he lands. I think the stark thing to me, too, and B. John Robinson just, you know, holding serve, 4-4-6, athletic, 37-inch vertical, 10-4 broad jump. But when you see him, when they they show the the fastest 40 times for the running backs back-to-back, you know, and you see – Devin A chain, who's 5'8, 188. Oh. He runs a 4'32. He's blazing fast. And then you see Jameer Gibbs, who's bigger, but not much bigger. He's 5'9, 199. He runs a 4'36. You're like, wow, those guys are fast. Then Bijan Robinson steps up. It's like, oh, they, he looks like their fathers. He's, he, you know, he's 5'11, right. right. 215. Like, oh, yeah, that's what a running back's supposed to look like and runs a 4'46. Like, oh, yeah, okay, that, that's a different, that's a different dude than these other fast guys that are small and skinny and fast. He's got 20 pounds on. Yeah, I mean, Football Outsiders has this speed score, and it just came out. I haven't looked at it, but it's basically just a combination of how fast you are and how big you are. I mean, a lot of fantasy people will tell you, start looking, when you start ranking the the running backs, start with weight. Because if you're a big, strong guy, you get the football and then you produce. You know, speed is fine, but, you know, some of these little guys have to have it to be in it, where the big guys really don't. And I wish a lot of them didn't run the agilities, which uh, is really what no. I want to see with running backs, too. So it's unfortunate we didn't really get to compare those guys agility wise. But I'm glad you mentioned Charbonnet, maybe the biggest winner of the running backs, because, you know, similar size to Bijan Robinson, six, over six feet, 214 pounds and ran his four five three. a little bit of an upright runner. But if you miss out mm-hmm. on someone like Bijan early, you know, starting caliber running back and get him on day two. Who knows? Maybe even fourth round. I don't know how high yeah, these yeah. running backs are going to go, but, um, you know. Charbonnet more complete than someone like A-Chain for sure, and even someone like Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, yeah. And Tajay Spears was a guy I wanted to bring up too. He was great in the senior bowl. I don't know why he wouldn't run a 40 on on a fast track like that, but he jumped really well. He looked really good in the drills and that type of stuff too. So there's all shapes and sizes in this running back class. It's a really good group. Not a very top-heavy wide receiver class. We'll get to the receivers, offensive linemen, and uh, star-studded tight end class. You can see a lot of guys going early. At maybe more tight ends go in the top 50 to 100 picks than wide receivers, which would be Possibly. a wild one in the 2023 NFL Draft. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is presented by FanDuel. It's no longer the NFL season, right? You, but... The great thing about FanDuel and the great thing about the NFL is all year long, you've got tons of draft props now and more coming at FanDuel every single day. You can bet on future Super Bowl winners, future Super Bowl MVPs, and of course the NBA season, getting close to playoff season for the NBA, getting close to tourney time for NCAA basketball. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's Bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. Love the website and the app are super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. Money line bets, point scorers, uh, three-pointers drained in a college or pro game. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays that are really easy to build, and I love that function at FanDuel. So don't miss out. Get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba 
let's go offensive line here. We've done quarterbacks, okay. we've done running backs, and no running back and no quarterback can be truly successful while, without a great offensive line in front of him, Matt. And sometimes we get all excited about the 40 times and the, the vertical jumps and you know how far quarterbacks are throwing the ball and the miles per hour, but uh, the big ones up front are pretty darn important, and this is a really interesting class of offensive linemen where there's no, there's no consensus on who the top guy is, but there's a lot of – really good players really and deep throughout the class, both tackles and interior offensive linemen. Without question. I thought it was a good showing overall by the O lineman. There were some names I didn't really know that stood out to me that I want to go back and look, you know, John Gaines from UCLA, Braden Daniels from Utah are two of those, but so I thought the stars came out to shine, you know, the, the Broderick Jones, uh, both the Ohio State tackles, you know, the, the big man didn't really hurt his stock too bad. I mean, is he the most fleet of foot guy there? Of course not. Antoine Harrison from Oklahoma, um, who, uh, Skoronsky. I mean, all those guys that are in the, the first round mix, Darnell Wright, none of them to me went backwards. You know, Cody Mock did well too. A lot of the drill work was revealing to me as well. Um, I thought it was a pretty good group overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I learned a lot about the O-line class, and there's a lot of guys I'm going to go back and watch now to find more about. Break Freeland from w, w, uh, BYU had a really nice show. Uh, I, uh, there, there's so many to get to. I'll, yeah, I'll right. highlight a couple of names I think were probably losers in this okay. scenario, uh, and that is Cody Mock from North Dakota State and Peter Skronsky that you just mentioned. From you think? Okay. Skronsky uh, might be the best offensive lineman in the draft, but I think what he did was solidify that he's not going to be tried at offensive tackle in the NFL mm. he's an interior guy, which means he's not going to be, you know, a top 10 pick. He's still going in the first round, but six, you know, six, four, even three thirteen. So he's at the minimum for height and, and weight that you want anyway. Um, and then he had the 32 and uh, a quarter. quarter arm length. Yeah. If you're under 33 inches, teams just aren't going to try you at, at offensive tackle. So he, he might not even get the opportunity to prove he's an outlier and can play tackle. He's going to he's a guard. You know, teams are going to put a G next to his name, not a not a T. Yeah. And that costs you money. That costs you draft yeah. spots. You know, you're right. And Cody Mock's coming from North Dakota State anyway, so you have to really prove that you are height, weight, speed specimen. And at 6'5", 302, that's solid, and you know that's tackle stuff. And he ran a 5.0840, which is all great. But then the exact same thing, you know, five, uh, uh, 32 and a third inch arms. So I think teams are going to look at him as an interior offensive lineman as well. So, you know, s- some money lost probably just purely because of arm length for those two players. Yeah, I think that is noteworthy. Maybe that solidifies it as we thought maybe tackle, but now you're on the OG column. Uh, a guy at the top of the OG column I just wanted to mention was Osiris Torrance from Florida. This is not his setting at all, but it wasn't real pretty what he was doing out there. I bet it doesn't kill him because of his style of play. He's probably still a first round plug and play guard, but Sometimes you have to just kind of overlook guards not looking good at combines, you know. Pretty unbelievable, actually, when you have some short arm guys and you're like, oh man, okay, Skaronsky is so good, love his tape, but probably has to play inside, shorter arms, not the biggest guy. And then Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan Jones, both from Ohio State, the book and tackles there walk in with 36 inch condor wingspans. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh, not only one, but two, because we saw Dewan Jones measurements at the senior bowl. So we already knew, but a lot of times with juniors with, you know, like Anthony Richardson kind of blows people away. Cause you weren't really prepared exactly. Cause you didn't have your, you know, your testing day in the spring before your senior year. A lot of the seniors, the scouts already know what your numbers are kind of going to be. And they're like, Oh, watch out. This guy's going to test great. Even though his tape's not good. Or, you know, this guy we already know has got short arms and you always hear those things. Like, how do you know? And it's like, because they test in the spring before, but for some of the juniors, you don't know. And someone mm-hmm. like Paris 
Johnson Jr. walks in and he immediately is going to go higher than Skaronsky, even if you don't like his tape as much because he's 6'6", 313, and has 36 and an eighth inch arm lengths, which is what you want from a prototype offensive tackle. No doubt. And I've watched a lot of his drill work. He's very fluid. He's very athletic. He stood out. I mean, he looks better than the rest. Him and Broderick Jones, to me, are, I don't say prototypical, but pretty close. I mean, the, the word on Jones out of Georgia was he was going to be 6'4". He came in well higher than that. You just noticed his base, everything he did. He had nice wide base. He might not been quite as fluid as the Ohio State dude, but he was still phenomenal. I mean, those guys are going to go really high. Like it, it, it wouldn't even shock me if one of them's you know the seventh overall pick or something like that. Right. Yeah. And and I think if you had to, if you had to put odds on the order that the offensive linemen go in the draft. I, I think it's mm-hmm. really big for especially probably more, more important for linemen with things like wingspan and how, how yeah. big you actually are at the combine. And can you move at those sizes? Um, I would say Paris Johnson, one Broderick Jones, two, then maybe Skaronsky three. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're uh, talking about what order, how likely they are to go high in the NFL draft. Yeah. And if I do a third mock, I may have Paris Johnson, in the top, you know, seven or eight, and mm-hmm. he's not a perfect prospect, but tackles that do what he do does is not easy to come by. Absolutely, um, a smaller school guy, Old Dominion, Nick Saldaveri. Saldaveri, I like him. Yeah. Saldaveri, it's an interesting one. He had a really good week at the Senior Bowl. He uh, played some interior. He played some guard and some center at the Senior Bowl, but he showed up at six six three eighteen with thirty three plus inch arms. Um, you know, decent workout, one eight on the ten. And five two one in the forty yard dash. Some teams still might look at him as a as a tackle too. And he's not going to go super high because he comes comes out of Old Dominion. But I wouldn't be shocked if Nick Saldaveri is starting somewhere on an offensive line, whether it be center, guard, or right tackle at some point in the next two years in the NFL. Yeah, his profile of player just seems to stick in the league. Smart, tough, more than athletic enough. So certainly some position versatility uh, can fall back into guard if he's not a tackle. He stood out to meet the Senior Bowl. I mean, like, I might consider him in the third round, let alone if you give him the fourth or fifth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did yeah. you mention Darnell Wright yet? Uh, a little. Yeah, just briefly. Yeah. I mean, he he did well. Yeah, he did well. 501, 40-yard uh, dash at 333 pounds, 6'5", you know, 33, almost 34-inch arms. So that's solid. Uh, at Tennessee, he wasn't great at left tackle, but played much better at right tackle. So teams mm-hmm. probably only view him as a right tackle only. So, if, you know, late round one, you're looking for a pure right tackle. Darnell Wright might be your guy, and he might have solidified himself as a first-rounder. I don't think he gets out of the first round. I really don't. I mean, there's so many teams that could use him that are playoff-type teams, the Bills, maybe the Chiefs, teams like that, and he might be long gone. I've seen him mocked as high as, like, 17 to the Steelers. If you're wondering why Ohio State was pretty good, they had a good – they had a so the bookend tackles, we've seen their quarterback here. We've, we're talking about uh, – we're going to talk about his wide, their wide receiver in a second as well with, uh, with the wide receiver group of the Combine, but – Luke Weipler, center from Ohio State, six three three zero three, ran five one four, but a really nice shuttle. And for especially interior offensive linemen, I always go to the shuttle time, and he had one of the Absolutely. best shuttle times of any of the offensive linemen at the combine with a four point five three. And when you get under four five, uh, it's it's a ridiculous uh, telling trait to have that short Big area time. quickness for an offensive line especially for a for a center or a guard and and tackles as well for success in the nfl when you look at the list of like fastest 40 times and you see a bunch of busts at wide receiver and corner go look at the fastest shuttle times for offensive linemen and you just see great player yeah yep. yep. 
That's a great call. I wonder if he can threaten Tipman, Tipman or John Michael Schmitz, who also had a good shuttle as the top center off the board. If not, I do think there's a top three that all project as starters. Uh, it's a great call. I always it's one of the first things I look at it. Interior O line, short shuttles. And I mentioned John Gaines from UCLA, but he was the best. 4.45 for him was remarkable. Didn't know much about him, but he's really boosted stock by doing that as well. Actually, looking at Gaines, just just a, a tad bit quicker, a little taller mm-hmm. than Weifler, but all, very similar across the board yeah, just from yeah. athletic testing perspective. Yeah, did really well. So uh, I'm warming up to this O-line class too, which uh, you don't like to overreact too much to combine week, combine weekend, but you definitely learn a lot or, or you, you get t- tuned on to some guys you need to find out more about. Right, and there's no top five slam dunk guys like there have been in years past, but there's some depth here, and I think you're going to find some starters into uh, day two and maybe even high day three, some some solid prospects across the board along the offensive line. Yeah, and a lot of guys showed well in drills. Next, let's talk pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends. Who won money? Who lost money at the NFL Combine next? I want to start with Jackson Smith and Jigba, Matt. Oh, yeah. He did not run a 40-yard dash which might be telling, but at this point, I don't care anymore because his production is ridiculous. His ability was really unquestioned, really good tape, the best tape of any wide receiver in this draft class. And then we talked about the shuttle time for some of the offensive linemen. Oh my gosh, his agility drills that he did run at the combine. It was like mic drop. I'm not going to run a 40 because I'm going to go out there and put up elite of the elite numbers in the three cone and the short shuttle jackson smith and jibba out of ohio state six one and a half 196 pounds you know not big hands not long arms or anything like that but 6.57 in the three cone anything under seven flat is ridiculous it's ridiculous and then 393 short shuttle the only guy i think in the entire combine that went under four seconds in the short shuttle four two is ridiculous we're talking sub four is crazy so uh, you you talk about a guy who can catch in traffic, can get open, catch the football, make plays. Jackson Smith and Jigba is your guy. Uh, I almost don't care if he runs a four seven. And to be honest, with you, if, he, if if he thought he could run four fives, he should have run four fives and then just waited for his name to be called in the first round. Yeah, right. I mean, Ohio State's track is legendarily fast, but so is this Indy one. Why not? I mean, he was so good at everything. I mean, his drills were number one. His routes were number one. His change of direction, number one. And it really wasn't even close. And there was a lot of good receivers here. He's easily my number one receiver, even if he runs a 4.75. I mean, I just don't care. He is what he is. He's Keenan Allen. I'll take it all day long, you know? I think Keenan Allen is a good comp. Now, if he does at his pro day run a 4-7, maybe he's more the Jarvis Landry comp. And could mm-hmm. he fall if that's the case? Will teams really care? Um, but the fact that he didn't run his 40 is pretty telling because it's probably not fast. No. So that's sort of the sliding scale. If he gets anywhere in the 4-5, slam dunk first rounder, probably first receiver off the board. If it starts to get Anquan Bold and Jarvis Landry 4-7s, then you, you might start to get a little bit worried about where he might go. I would have no problem drafting him just about anywhere still because I don't care. But, you know, that's the question. Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, is he a slot-only guy? Can he win on the outside would be the questions as to why teams might draft another player over him. Yeah, but boy, I mean, he's just a really good player. (laughs) I mean, if his job is to get open, he does it extremely well. I got a small school sleeper for you here, Matt, out of Mm -hmm. Princeton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andre... Yoivas, I believe is how you pronounce it. 6'3", 205. He ran a 4.43 in the 40, put up 19 bench press reps, 6.85, so a, another sub-7-3 cone, 
and 412, which is a lightning shuttle, so and 39 inch vertical. So jumps were there, top speed was there. He showed he could bench press 19 reps. So size, weight, short area, long speed. He's got it all. A uh, little bit of a body catcher. Tape's not great, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, but the best receiver at Princeton. So not terrible. Just I wanted to see, and he's got small hands too, uh, sub nine inch hands. So I don't know if he's a, a sleeper superstar in the NFL or just a guy who washes out of training camp. But man, athletically testing wise, uh, he, he's got he's got everything for you. Yeah, he's got a sprinter background. Uh, he does have size. You, you mentioned, I mean, Princeton, he's a smart dude, of course, but considered a hard worker. A guy like him might be able to be active on game day as a special team or a gunner, you know, something like that while he learns his trade. Maybe he's one of four receivers addresses. So I, I think he's in a good situation. There's a lot of receivers I'm warming up to in this class, too. I mean, it's easy to say it's a bad receiver class, and I think it is compared to the last few. But that doesn't mean there's not 20 guys that are interesting. You know, like some of the just look at the 40s, Trey Palmer, Darius Davis are at the top. Uh, those guys and Marvin Mims is a guy I like quite a bit. So um, I think the day two into maybe round five neighborhood for receivers is pretty strong. Is this the small like are we really going this way or is this just a weird draft class with tiny wide receivers, Matt? Because. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of blown away by how small so many of these wide receivers are. Is this just yeah. basketball on grass and this is the way things are going or, uh, or a class that is uh, a little bit kind of silly as far as their size goes. And we're talking about first round prospects in a lot of mock drafts that are 173 pounds, 176 pounds, 171 pounds. And I don't know if every team is going to be super interested in guys that are that are really that small, as fast as a lot of them are. And by the way, here's a good stat for you. And and Jordan Addison's official he was who I was going to bring up, right? His official forty time ended up coming in at four four nine, but at at five eleven one seventy three, you better be blazing fast. And here's a stat: his unofficial was four five five, and if that stuck, it would have been the second slowest forty time, even at four fives. The second slowest 40 time for a wide receiver under 175 pounds in 20 years. Wow. So even running 449 for Addison, you think, oh, that's fast. At 171 uh, pounds, that's still not that fast. You, I mean, you, you can't just win with pure speed in the NFL like you can in the college game. No, I mean, clearly the way the game is going, they don't get beat up at the line of scrimmage, spread, blah, 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 blah. The, the smaller receivers are more prevalent, you know, and, and they're more, they, they get more of a shot. So there's no doubt about it. But I do think this is an unusually small class. I was going to bring up Addison. Tank Dell's another one. He's tiny. Josh Downs is really shifty and agile, and but he's a pure slot. He didn't run as good as you'd want for a smaller dude as well. Zay Flowers is intriguing, but he's really small. You know I mean? So it is a small class. Um What's his face? The TCU dude, Johnston, is really the only like prototypical looking receiver that's in the first couple round mix. Yeah. So I think just by being that, that probably right. made himself some money at the combine. Like, right. Oh, cool. We got somebody that's six two. All right. So we got a we got a real you know receiver for those teams that like size. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do much, but he did run his gauntlet. And a lot of people worried about drops, and he looked really good doing the gauntlet. I mean, put as much stock as you want in that, but that's one of the takeaways from him. Uh, one last winner for me at wide receiver that was Ole Miss's Jonathan Mingo, mm-hmm. and six uh, one, almost six two, two twenty. He's a physical player. Ran four four six. I think he had the the most 
or second most bench press reps at the, at the combine for for wide receivers. Had a 39 and a half inch vertical. He's got some good tape. Uh, wasn't super duper productive, but you know, kind of in the AJ Brown mold uh, coming out of Ole Miss, where they, you know, you have a guy who's like, oh, is he a big slot in the NFL? Because they only play in the slot. Jackson Smith and Jigbo could be that as well. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson went through that. I was like, I think there might be more there in the NFL than there was in college for Jonathan Mingo. That's a great call. I've thought that for a while now after doing some homework on him. And I think it helps him too, that he looks the part as well. He's a much more physical, well put together guy than a lot of these dudes. Um, Two names I want to throw out there too, that really stood out at the senior bowl were Jaden Reed from Michigan state and Wilson from Stanford. I think they solidified that they're legit here. So it's a mid round receiver draft to me, third round area, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You're not, you're getting the, the complimentary pieces, the slot guys, the the speedy players, the the number twos, the number threes, the number four type wide receivers in this class. I'm curious if they'll be overdrafted as a whole, this class. Right, because everyone needs them. I mean everyone needs uh, them, yeah. Everybody needs a wide receiver. Or maybe teams are getting more calls and, and more offers for trading, you know, true starting wide receivers in the NFL this offseason as well. Um I would my focus to grab it at tight end. You know, it's it's top heavy and it's deep. I, my first big winner of the combine for tight ends is Iowa tight end, Sam Laporta, six, three and three, nice eights, 245 pounds, ran a four, five, nine. He had ridiculous, uh, short area, uh, testing times as well. Sub seven in the, in the three cone, uh, 35 inch vertical, 10, three in the broad jump. And he shows all that on tape with his quickness and ability to get open. So if you're looking for that tight end, who's, um, you know, can give you some effort in the blocking game. He's not an, he's not an extension of the offensive line or anything, but, um, his ability after the catch, get open, ball skills. I really like Sam Laporta as a guy who you don't have to draft in the first round either. Right, and I'm putting my top five together. This morning I was doing tight ends, and we'll talk about it down the road. And I considered him, but he didn't make my top five. And I really have nothing bad to say about the guy. He had a great showing. Um, this tight end class enamors me. I think it's clearly the best position in the draft. I could see eight to 10 starters in the league from this class, two, three years down the road. I could see a dozen of them getting drafted pretty high. I'm glad you mentioned Laporta. And, you know, we talked about Richardson, the quarterback, obviously from Florida saying, you know, an all time great combine we were talking about yesterday, but Zach Koontz from old dominion had the best tight end workout of all time too, you know, like spark score and weight adjusted. So some of these guys just lit it up and it's a yeah, good, how is- good group. I mean, we're talking about like NBA level athleticism <laughs> right. for, for Koontz. Like just yep. unbelievable workout numbers uh, across the board. It, it, tall too. He must have been an, an, a, I mean, he could have been a, a an all-time volleyball player. Six, six and a half, 255. Right. It's crazy. Big hands, 34-inch arm length. He ran a four, five, five in the 40, 23 reps in the bench. So it's not just like some skinny guy who's not strong either. Six, eight, seven, three cone, four, one, two in the shuttle. And then a uh 40 inch vertical to go with it so leaper size short area quicks at six foot six ridiculous ridiculous and i heard this and then i went back and confirmed it is penn state i guess apparently offered Fryermuth, Pitts, and coons and said we have two spots for tight ends the first two of you three to take them will we'll gladly accept your uh you know your your, your commitment Fryer signed and then coons signed and then they said, hey, Pitts, you can come here as a DN. Pitts is from Florida. He's like, I'm not going to go be there as a DN. <laughs> and it, so th- that was potentially their three tight ends. Koontz then transfers to Old Dominion. I think he had a hard time beating out Friar Moose, who's pretty good too. So, I mean, that's that's the backstory. How do you how does a guy like this end up at Old Dominion? Well, that's how. 
Yeah. So he wasn't he wasn't completely yeah. forgotten. Um, no. By the way, Old Dominion. I, I can't imagine there's many drafts where they get two guys drafted. They've. Oh yeah, yeah. The lineman too. We talked about mm-hmm. him. I forgot about that. Very nice. Okay. Big so, winner has to be Darnell Washington. Made yeah, the one we have to bring him up. Field yeah. work, six foot six and five eights, two sixty four. Uh, massive 11 inch hands, long arms, ran a four, six, four at that size and a really nice short shuttle as well. A four Oh eight. I, I think he might end up getting overdrafted. Matt, to be honest with you, when you look at first round tight ends, it's not a great hit rate. Not great, no. And, and no, I think that Darnell Washington's, you know, if, we're, if we look back in a few years, he might be a superstar. Might, might be like, ah, we drafted a lot of traits there and maybe he's not quite that guy. Right. It's a possibility. I mean, I might be overreacting to this tight end class because history shows they either take a while or the highly drafted ones don't hit. And a lot of the mid round Kelsey Kittles end up being the best of the group, you know. But boy, another thing about tight ends, though, is traits matter maybe more than receivers, to be honest with you. I mean, if you have combine numbers at tight end, it means more to me than it does at wide receiver or running back for sure. And boy, does Washington have unbelievable combine numbers. I mean, it's hand size, you know, 40. This, you know, he's a great blocker already. He made money. I mean, and as did a lot of these tight ends. And Michael Mayer, I don't think, hurt himself. He was just fine. He was just kind of like, ah, yeah, don't really stand out. He was right. sub 250 pounds, too. Uh, he's still one of the better, more complete tight ends in this class. Six four and a half, two forty nine, ran a four seven flat. So, you know, solid, but didn't wow you or anything. Luke, right. Luke Musgrave's having a great I love season, by the way, a great draft season was was the best one of the best players might have been the best player at the entire senior bowl. And then comes to the combine and shows off his size and speeds just under six, 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 five and seven, eights, 253 pounds and ran a four, six, one, which is pretty good. Yeah, I, I adore him. I, I was just watching him run at the senior bowl and everything he's done here. And he was injured a lot last year. So um, not a ton of tape to go off of. But Musgrave, to me, could be a stud. And speaking of injuries, we didn't get to see guys like Dalton Kincaid work out because the injuries. Right, right. Six three and a half, two forty six, so a little bit smaller. So he's gonna have to throw down some times, I think, when he does test at Utah's pro day. No doubt, uh, that's important for him because it's a highly competitive situation. You know, Tucker Craft, Josh Wiley, uh, a shoemaker from Michigan. Uh, you mentioned Laporta. I mean, there's so many good tight ends in this class. Such a great class, which means there's yeah. going to be value later in the draft at tight end. There's going to be multiple starters from this class, I think. No doubt, no doubt. I like and it. I had to be a holder, too, of what style you're looking for. And none of these guys are crazy good blockers. So I think that'll help guys like Mayer and, and you know, the more complete players that are out there. Like, OK, mm-hmm. well, you got to be able to block sometimes, too. You can't just be a split out wide receiver. I'll just draft a wide receiver. Right, right, right. No, so I think Mayer and Washington benefit from being in line wise. It'll mix it up and, you know, are good at it. All right, a lot more coming this offseason. Matt Williamson's latest mock draft. We've got positional rankings. We've got the start of free agency. All the latest news around the NF on around the NFL. Thanks so much for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen back tomorrow, right here on the next PNW.